3: welcome aboard well it's slipping away i can feel it slipping away summer no stay a little longer it gets dark earlier we all know that i don't know this one went fast i think they all go faster i think it's sort of unfair that the older you get the faster time goes you know it seems to go so slowly but you can't wait be 16 so you can drive you can't wait to get to the fourth grade yeah well be careful what you wish for I've got some friends making reservations. Oh, you're listening to America's Most Widely Syndicated Radio Travel Show. I'm Rudy Maxa, travel journalist, a.k.a. the Savvy Traveler. Nice to have you here with me, as always, uh, every weekend, same time, same station. Uh, I was just telling you I've got friends making reservations in the Caribbean for the winter months. And if you're thinking of heading south uh specifically to, to many caribbean islands well there's a new mosquito-borne virus i don't know if it's new but it's a new it's a growing problem i think i'm pronouncing it right i'll ask our guests it's chicken ganyanya. chicken gunya. chicken guinea um, in a few minutes we're going to talk with a specialist in infectious diseases about what you can do to protect yourself as comedian gilda radner titled her memoir after she learned she had cancer it's always something and while this isn't exactly a theme show, we will talk to two people this hour who spend part of their time lecturing on their specialties on cruise ships. William Gerstel is an expert on castles and catapults, and I'll ask him exactly what that has to do with a cruise trip. Toward the end of the hour, Karen Hansen, she's a writer and photographer. She's also a musician, and she's going to talk to us about the relationship between music and place and culture. She'll explain the connection, tell us how to research the music of some place we might be visiting in the future. And how about riding your bike 500 miles through Iowa's small towns? What, that doesn't send your heart pounding, racing with excitement? World traveler David Brian Burns is an Iowa native, and it turns out he was just one rider in what is the world's largest, longest, and oldest bike tour through, period. This is a bike tour through Iowa. Who knew? The world's largest, longest, and oldest bike tour? Details to follow. And our in-resident commercial pilot and author of Cockpit Confidential, Patrick Smith. Joins uh, to compare the veritable 747, which is disappearing from our airports, disappearing from the skies. He's going to compare the 747 against the new big gun on the tarmac. That would be the Boeing 787. First, a couple of uh, pieces of travel news real quick. Well, that ride-sharing service called Uber, which has taxi fleets from Berlin to L.A., very upset. Made some really interesting moves this week. First, the company announced new shared rides, riding services in four new cities in India. And it announced it would begin making deliveries in Washington, D.C. They have about 100 things on their list. And if uh, this only runs during weekdays, they're trying it out in certain neighborhoods in D.C. So, you know, if you need some aspirin or a pack of gum, they'll deliver it in one of their little black cars. But it really made the most headlines by hiring political strategist uh, David Plouffe, who uh, worked in senior positions during both of President Obama's campaigns, presidential campaigns, that is. They're hoping uh, Plouffe makes... Uh, help uh, will help them win f- uh, fights against these regulators who find the wildly popular car service disrupting established taxi companies again berlin paris los angeles seattle i think they just settled in seattle and san francisco i'm not sure but it's a constant battle as a uh, taxis begin losing business to uh uber and lyft these uh, services that are really apps on your phone you just type it type it in say what you want and the car pulls up uh, on Tuesday, uh, the Uber folks in California sent an email to customers urging them to contact state legislators that were poised to vote on a bill that Uber said would allow outlaw, excuse me, ride-sharing in the state. Not exactly Uber. Assembly Bill 2293, which passed uh, uh, the state assembly, actually only ensures that ride-sharing drivers are fully insured when they're logged onto a ride-sharing platform, even if they don't have a passenger in a car. And this this bill came about because... Uh, uh, of the of a child who was killed by an Uber driver while he was apparently waiting for a new fare. And Uber said, hey, we're not responsible for this guy hitting somebody while he's waiting for business. Well, this law is going to require them to. As you might expect, that outbreak of Ebola in Western Africa isn't doing favors to the travel industry there. That's the least of their worries, of course. There's a whole, the whole mashup of different flight rules. Who can leave the country? Who can enter certain countries in Sierra Leone and Liberia and so on? It's quite... Quite a mess. Such, countries such as South Africa and Tanzania are finding large tour groups from abroad canceling visits. Even though, as a Cape Town tour company CEO told the press, Americans think or Americans and Europeans think Ebola has infected all of Africa. Speaking of outbreaks, I mentioned at the top of the hour this new mosquito-borne virus that's uh, infesting a large number of Caribbean islands. Dr. Michael Osterholm is the director for the center of the Center for Infectious Disease Research and Policy at the University of Minnesota, not far from my hometown here in St. Paul. Dr. Osterholm, welcome to the show. Nice to have you here. Thank you. Very good to be here. First of all, am I pronouncing it correctly? Chikungunya? Chikungunya. Yes, that's right. Is this, uh, now I've never, is this something that's been around for ages and it's suddenly flared up?
4: Well, actually, it has been around in Africa for decades. It's been recognized uh, as an important cause of a mosquito-borne disease. And then over the past uh, two decades, we've seen more and more outbreaks of it spreading to other areas. And, in fact, one in Italy uh, a few years ago that occurred there. And it's really a result of both infected humans and and the kind of mosquitoes that can actually carry the virus uh, coming together in different parts of the world.
3: I think we should probably stress we're not talking Ebola here. Although, if I guess if you're you're at, at at some health risk, it could be dangerous to your health. But what what is the effect if you get stung by a mosquito carrying this virus?
4: Well, chicken gonio virus uh, illness actually starts out very much like so many other what we call flu-like illnesses: muscle aches, fever, chills. And it particularly affects the joints uh, where you really have severe joint pain. And most people fully recover. A certain proportion of people, it can be as high as 20 to 30%, can actually go on and have uh, long-term joint uh, pain. In fact, right there in our hometown of Minneapolis-St. Paul, we have a Minnesota physician who acquired the infection in Haiti while working there in February. And through the middle of the summer, she was still in disability and not able to work because of the severe joint involvement. A very small percentage of the patients Less than 1% actually die from it. But uh, it nonetheless can be a very debilitating disease and very painful to get.
5: Canada
3: health officials this week warned travelers to consult a health care provider or visit a health clinic at least six weeks before you travel, which sort of implies there's some sort of prophylactic measures a traveler can take. Do Do you know what one could do?
4: Right. Actually, for chicken gun, unfortunately, the only thing you can do is really just prevent uh, from being bitten by a mosquito. And that huh. again, is just co- uh, a good uh, uh, mosquito repellent protection uh, and use that. Uh, what they're really referring to here, though, is, is it be- has become uh, such a confusing mess, even among professionals such as myself, as to what you need to have in terms of the appropriate medications and vaccines. Wherever you travel in the world, there are so many now different diseases in different places. So we do recommend you actually see a travel clinic at least six weeks in advance of a known trip because the time it would take to get certain vaccines. In some areas, we want you to get yellow fever vaccine. And now even in some areas, you have to get polio vaccine again, typhoid vaccines. Uh, Some areas when you're um, in uh, countries where you may not have routine contact with health care, but you're going to be in areas where you may be exposed to rabies. Last year, 50,000 people died in India from rabies. Um, And so that basically we want to be sure we have enough time to get you vaccinated before you go on On that trip to those areas.
3: Dr. Michael Osterholm is the director of the Center for Infectious Disease Research and Policy at the University of Minnesota. Uh, Doctor, thanks for dropping by. Thank you. We'll be right back here in Rudy Max's world after this break.
0: To participate in the program and speak with Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025
3: or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Everybody knows vacations are instantly rewarding. Instant relaxation, instant tan lines, instant margarita buzz. With the Orbitz Rewards program, the payoff comes just as quickly. Earn free hotels faster when you earn rewards instantly on flights, hotels, and vacation packages. And you can earn even more when you book on the Orbitz mobile app. 5% on hotels, 2% on flights. Join Orbitz Rewards today at Orbitz.com slash rewards and get instant vacation gratification. That's Orbitz.com slash rewards or look under sponsors at RudyMaxa.com. Over a million
6: people have chosen Nexium 24 hour for frequent heartburn. And now you can save $6 at nexium24hour.com. John, Jack, Dave, Miranda, Claire, that guy that serves you coffee, your boss, your boss's boss, Amy, your wife's best friend, your best friend, Michael, Jim, Jill, Alex, Alexandra. Yes, many people are choosing the purple pill. See what you've been missing out on. Get Nexium level protection without a prescription for frequent heartburn. And for a limited time, save $6 at nexium24hour.com.
5: May take 1 to 4 days. Use as directed to treat frequent heartburn, not for immediate relief. Limit 2 coupons per household. TrueCar.com is changing car buying forever. Yes, every day, TrueCar users receive negotiation-free, guaranteed savings. Some features not available in all states. In the first three months of this year, over 126,000 cars were sold by the TrueCar certified dealer network. TrueCar users save an average of $3,078 off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow three easy steps. First, go to TrueCar.com and find out what other people paid for the car you're looking for. Then register at truecar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. Third, simple. Just print out your True Car Savings Certificate and take it to the True Car Certified Dealer for a better, hassle free car buying experience. Remember, every day, True Car users receive negotiation free, guaranteed savings. Save time, save money, and never overpay. Visit truecar.com today. That's truecar.com.
0: To join Rudy Maxa, call 800 387 8025. You can email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Now
3: back to Rudy Maxa's world. Welcome back. It is about 18 minutes after the hour, and this segment of Rudy Max's World is brought to you by our friends at Orbitz who say everybody knows vacations are instantly rewarding, instant relaxation, instant tan lines, instant margarita buzz. Well, with the Orbitz Reward program, the payoff comes just as quickly. You'll earn free hotels faster when you earn rewards instantly by buying flights, hotels, and vacation packages on on Orbitz.com. And you can earn even more when you book on the Orbitz mobile app. You'll get 5% on hotels, 2% on flights. Join Orbits Rewards today at orbits.com slash rewards. It's free, by the way. And you'll get instant vacation gratification. That's orbits.com slash rewards. Or you can check out the radio check under the radio show's website, RudyMaxa.com, look under sponsors. You know, there is a whole I don't know if it's a secret army, but it's a whole little subculture of experts who are on cr- cruise ships offering mind improving lectures to folks who are aboard that cruise ship. I have been asked to speak several times. I haven't had the time and God knows why anybody would want to hear me talk, but uh, I have some friends who have done it, and it's my impression that uh, it's quite a it's quite a soft gig I mean I don't know you pay 30 or 40 bucks a day but you can eat all the caviar you want Um, maybe I'm wrong our next guest will tell us and I I bring this up because we're going to talk to him about his expertise in a moment but we're going to have a couple guests on in these two hours who do speak on cruise ships and my next guest is one of them his name is Bill Gristel and he is a best-selling author he's written for Popular Science Men's Journal Wired The Atlantic he's apparently a new regular columnist at Popular Mechanics he's written for The Wall Street Journal the Minneapolis Star Tribune St. Paul Pioneer Press and we reach him in his home in St. Paul he's also uh, written the book including defending your castle we'll ask him about that because that has a little about what a uh, little ha- has a little to do with about what he does well bill we really don't have time to talk to you with that introduction now but it's nice of you to stop by thank you
7: it was, it was great being with you thank you yes. so much for having
3: me <laughs> <us. Yeah. laughs> All right. First of all, just just to give us a minute here on how you get to be a cruise ship speaker, and give us the behind the scenes details. You have to pay anything at all? To, I know you can bring a spouse, uh, but do they fly out there for free and and provide everything
7: gratis? Well, it, you know, I hate to weasel, but it really depends. I mean, it's a different deal every time. I actually uh. have an agent who negotiate some of these uh, details for me. So sometimes Perfect. it's airfare, sometimes even a stipend. Sometimes I'm on my own for airfare. It's it's always different. It depends what the cruise ship needs and what I've got to offer.
3: All right. And what are you speaking on currently on cruise ships?
7: Well, I'm an author, and I write books on science and technology. So what I talk about is what I know, which is what I write books on. So my topics usually have to do with science and technology. But as I'm really quick to say, it's interesting, science and technology. I don't sit up there and lecture about the, the laws of physics. I, I, I try and make it interesting to everybody. So there's a certain amount of uh, you know, storytelling and history that goes along with the technology stuff.
3: Now, when I talked to you about coming on the show before before airtime, obviously, uh, I, I, I learned that some of your book titles are Defending Your Castle, another book called Backyard Ballistics, and Notes from the Technology Underground. Uh, backyard Ballistics, Defending Your Castle, how does this tie in with what you speak a, about on ships?
7: Well, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I guess the titles are a little bit, uh, well, I don't know, out there sounding, but that's... You know, of course, to get interest. What I talk about is science and history. And usually uh, there's a DIY component to what I write about. So when you buy a Bill or Sell book, it's yeah, it's got science and history. But there's a lot of it telling you how to make something. And what I specialize in, Rudy, are things that are, you know, highly kinetic. At the end of the project, you've got something that pays off in a big way. It either goes boosh, boom, or splat. I just, you know, my books are, are safe. Boosh, I mean, boom, or splat? I actually have a book called Boosh, Boomer, Splat, but um, okay. everything kind of like, there's some kind of payoff, something big or fiery or loud or something. And while that doesn't sound like it lends itself to cruise ships, it, it actually does, because people like hearing about that kind of that kind of science and that kind of technology. It's not dull. You know, so you what were you, saying earlier, I'm sorry, go uh, ahead.
3: Well, I was just going to ask you for a, a typical title of one of your lectures.
7: Well, uh, I have a lecture called a lecture called um, let's see the most important machine in the world, which, which was? you know that which is a catapult. Um, and that's a very sort of controversial title. I don't really mean it's important anymore, but the way I look at it for, is for seventeen hundred. I write about catapults, ancient siege weaponry. That's one of the things that people know me about. It's really a subject that I find interesting.
3: Ancient siege weaponry. Okay, siege weaponry.
7: Got it. ancient. Now that doesn't sound like much, of a. Of a Topic does it. No, but, but you're saying in seventeen
3: hundred years.
7: For seventeen hundred years the catapult was the most important, most expensive, most highly advanced technological machine on the face of the earth. Seventeen hundred years is a really long time. I can't imagine wow. any machine that we use today that will be important in, you know, the year you know thirty-seven hundred AD. But basically for seventeen hundred years, catapults were the cat's pajamas. So I talk about their glorious history. Excuse me. I talk about their glorious history and their technology, and people seem to like that. I have good video; it makes it better. But yeah, it's a really interesting topic, and that's typical of what I write about.
3: My guest is I Bill gersell If you just tuned in, he's an author and a co- magazine columnist. He's written for just about everybody in the world, and and uh, but he, he he's a columnist with. Are you pop, columnist now with Popular Mechanics? Am I right, Bill?
7: Popular Science. Popular
3: Science. That's who you're writing for now.
7: Yeah, I used to have a column with Popular Mechanics, okay. but I don't anymore. Although I am right. a contributing editor there, but now my new columns with Popular Science.
3: Popular Science, okay. Um, now, I know your first cruise ship you spoke aboard was 2006 Queen Mary, and I'm sort of surprised because, because that's a transatlantic ship generally, or was a transatlantic ship. Um, mm-hmm. but, but I can see why you might, because I, if you were sailing... You know, in Eastern Europe or or somewhere where there were catapults and castles, I could see that being a relevant lecture. Is that is there a tie in there?
7: You know, basically, I'll, I'll give you the backstory on there. I'm not sure. Short answer is I'm not sure. But basically, in 2006, the people who were hiring the speakers uh, on Cunard Lines was uh, Oxford University. So Oxford University had hired three Oxford dons to speak about some very impressive academic subjects. And there then they hired you? And then they hired me. I think I was the <laughs> counterpoint. And you know, they go, Okay. Um, it, it was it was pretty funny because there were people speaking about some really heavy duty things. And then there was Bill and I'm just kinda, of, you know, talking about, you know, fun science stuff. And I thought it worked out rather well. I got very high ratings and then I kind of liked it and kept talking from there. And
3: and what did you speak on?
7: Well, I talked. I, I had a book that came out called uh, "Adventures in the Technology Underground," and that was uh, like a year I spent going all around the country looking at weird technology and the people who love it. So I had a lot of good. I still talk about that. That's a that's a very good talk.
3: Give us one. We've got and, two minutes left. Give us one idea of what weird, what what you call a weird technology.
7: Well, um, giant uh, air cannons, for instance. If you go to Delaware right after. Uh. Um, We're talking about the great pumpkin chunk. If you go to Delaware right after Halloween, um, there's this big festival. It's the second largest public festival in Delaware, where people gather in this this harvested soybean field and and have catapults and giant air cannons, and they all compete to see who can throw uh, a pumpkin the farthest distance. A pumpkin. So that's an example. I got to talk with those people. Man, they have good stories. They turned that into a talk.
3: Okay, so these are air cannons that you're trying to shoot a pumpkin further than the next guy?
7: Massive, massive air cannons, 120-foot barrels.
3: 120-foot barrels? Now, does each person make their own cannon and bring it to this event, and that's how they either win or lose?
7: Yeah, each person might be—I mean, there's teams, whole teams of people. You know, 10, 12 guys will work for a year building these things, and they take it there. And they set it up with a construction crane, and they, they let her rip. Unbelievable.
3: Unbelievable. Unbelievable. How many people might be competing in this? Are we talking about five or 20? That number? Oh, hundreds. There's hundreds. Hundreds? Hundreds of people are and building air cannons hundreds. to shoot pumpkins through the air? Hundreds. hundreds. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, okay. Uh, it's
7: a big deal. It's quite, quite the event.
3: I see. Okay. Well I, I'm 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 astounded that that's uh that's quite as popular as it was. Where can we find more information uh, about your writings? Is is it your website, williamgerstel.com? Because I'll spell it out for our folks if it is. That's it. William Gerstell, all one word. Let me spell Gerstel for you. It's G-U-R- S-T-E-L-L-E, WilliamGerstell.com. And uh, I know Janet will put it up on my Facebook fan page if you're driving in, down the street now and are in no position to write that down. Well, I just I just find this fascinating, Bill. Um, uh, good luck to you. And if uh, I guess I should say to our listeners, if you happen to be lucky enough to be on the right ship in the next year or so. Maybe Bill gersell will be there and he can tell you about disruptive technology or whatever his topic de jure is. Bill, <laughs> I really appre- appreciate your stopping by. Thank you.
7: Well, thank you for having me. Great talking with you.
3: And nice talking to you as well. Take care. Goodbye. So there you go. There you go. Now you know about pumpkin chumpkins and so if you've got an expert, believe me, call a cruise ship line and say, hey. I can talk about something interesting. What they will do is send you to uh, a a company, because most companies are the folks who supply these speakers on cruise ship lines. Stick around. Our friend Patrick S. the Pilot Smith comes up next. He's going to compare the outgoing 747 with the new incoming 787. I'm Rudy Maxa. Stay with me.
0: Rudy Maxa's world is coming right back. So get on the phone now at 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. You can also enjoy the program anytime at RudyMaxa.com.
1: Remember the beginning of summer when you had
7: dreams? I'm going camping
5: every weekend.
1: I'm definitely going to through-hike the Appalachian Trail, probably two
2: or three times.
0: Just getting my bike tuned up. To cycle across America. While we may have been overambitious at REI, there's still time to make
6: summer dreams come true. Save up to 30% on the best in outdoor gear and clothing
1: at the REI Labor Day sale and clearance, August 22nd through September 1st. We all know the internet connects you to everyone, but ever think how the internet also connects everyone to you? It's a recipe for identity theft. Thieves can get to our personal info with just a few clicks. So isn't it crazy not to have identity theft protection? I know I've got all kinds of sensitive information floating around online. The good news is you can help protect yourself with a free trial from Identity Guard by visiting identityguard.com slash free.
0: participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025
3: or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa. Welcome back to Rudy Maxa's World. I'm Rudy Maxa. And, you know, the 747s, you're going to be seeing fewer and fewer of them in the air and at airports. Those are the so distinctive. Anybody can identify the 747 by that bulbous top for that second floor. Patrick Smith is our favorite a pilot. He flies for a major airline, and his website is askthepilot.com. You can check in there and read his regular writings. And he's got a book called Cockpit Confidential you can order there as well, which really explains to those of us who aren't pilots, to laymen basically, the aviation industry. Uh, Patrick, welcome to the show.
2: It's good to be back, Rudy.
3: Now, I asked Patrick to come on to talk about, maybe say, talk for a minute or so about the the passage of the 747 era, and what's coming up new in the big wide-body planes, like the Boeing 787, that's been in the air, I guess, for about a year now. Are you sorry to see the 747s phasing out, Patrick?
2: Uh, we are, and and I think that's terrible. Um, you know, I I can't imagine the world of air travel without the 747. Uh, it's been my favorite airplane since I was a little kid, and it's it's arguably the most iconic. Jetliner in the history of commercial aviation, with the possible exception, maybe of of the Concorde.
3: Do you fly the seven forty seven? Have you flown it?
2: No, no, I don't. Okay. I, I have not been fortunate enough to ah. fortunate enough to fly it as a pilot. But I've I've ridden on the seven forty seven many many times, and it, to this day, is it, it, an exciting uh, event for me to to take a ride on one. And uh, you know, to me, the seven forty seven is is the Empire State Building. Of jetliners. It's, it's no longer the biggest, it's no longer the flashiest, but I think it it's still the classiest and the most elegant. And there's a, an essay in chapter two of my book where I compare the 747 on its aesthetic merits uh, to the A380, which is in most respects its successor. And to use a cruise ship analogy, if, if the 747 is the QE2 or maybe the Queen Mary, then the A380 is one of those big, ugly, top-heavy cruise liners that we see everywhere now. It's it's a nice ride on the inside. There's no denying that. It's spacious and and quiet, but it's just one ugly machine on the outside.
3: All right, let's consider the Boeing 787. Of course, it had quite a few problems out of the box, as is customary for new planes, but it's got the much larger windows, uh, uh, a feeling of more spaciousness, the the special lighting, the automatically dimming windows, et cetera. What do you think of the 787, which, of course, is meant to replace the 747?
2: Well, um, actually, to that point... um that's, that's not really true. The, the replacement for the 747 is either the 777-300 or the A380. The 787 is more of a replacement for the 767. It's a much smaller plane than people realize. The uh, mainline variant that's out flying now only holds about 200 to 220 people, which is about half of what a 747 holds.
3: But it does have two um, aisles, correct?
2: It, it does. Yeah, it is a yeah. wide-body aircraft. Um, But it's not intended, never was intended, as a replacement for the 747.
3: Okay. Um, But you like the design, don't you?
2: I I do. There's things to like about it and and things to not like about it. What I like about the 787 is that it doesn't look like every other plane. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, the scourge of of airplane design nowadays is that every, every airplane looks like every other airplane, like they're made from interchangeable parts almost. Uh, the 787 maybe isn't a, a, a real beauty, um, but it's it's distinctive. I, I love the sharply tapered wings, the way they, they kind of swoop upward. It's it's not like any other airplane. Uh, the the cockpit windows make it look almost like a like a bullet train. Well, I've front.
3: often it's, wondered. I've often wondered why the noses of bullet trains are so much sleeker looking uh, than than say an airplane.
2: Well, that's, that's, you know, airplane design is kind of, well, we do it this way because we've always done it this way. Hmm. Um, you know, designers don't like to, to venture too far out of the box. And, and the 787 finally kind of takes that extra step, at least in some respects. Uh, the wings, the nose, the uh, scalloped uh, engine cowls which are actually designed to reduce noise, are, are kind of sexy, kind of good looking. What I don't like about the plane's lines is the, the tail is a little bit too small. Um, and the plane overall just has kind of a bulbous, sausage look. And, and the, the tail, because of its curvature and, and size, I, I, I don't know, it gives the plane kind of a, a fishy look. It looks literally like a fish. Uh, the, the longer, larger Dash 9 variant is a little more balanced overall. I mean, it, it's a good-looking plane. It's a distinctive-looking plane, and there's something definitely to be said for that. But it's not, not quite a beauty on, the, uh, on a par with uh, the 747.
3: And, of course, it's less expensive to fly. It has better fuel uh, uh, consumption, I presume. and is—I mean, it is, I mean, it is state-of-the-art for the moment.
2: It is, and it's, it's, um, it has some amenities that passengers can appreciate. I took a ride on one, uh, I guess it was about a year and a half ago now, uh, Japan Airlines 787. Uh, it's, it's very quiet inside. It has uh, increased humidity levels.
3: Right. A nice uh, touch. And-
2: and those two things together uh, make for a less fatiguing long-haul flight.
3: Right, um, right. It
2: has oversized windows, which are kind of cool, and electric dimmers instead of a shade. Uh, little things like that make it a nice ride. It's, it's nothing radical on the inside or on the outside, for that matter, but, uh, but it's, it's a nice flight.
3: You can see great photographs of the 787 by going to Patrick's column, askthepilot.com, and you'll also read his August 14th review of exactly what he thinks about the design of this plane. I found some of the comments interesting from readers as well. You can check that out again at askthepilot.com and pick up a copy of his book, Cockpit Confidential, there as well. Patrick, thank you for stopping by. We always appreciate your take on all things aviation. It's always fun, Rudy. Thank you. We'll be right back in just a moment. Call now to talk to Rudy
0: Maxa at 800-387-8025. You can also email the show anytime at info at rudymaxa.com.
6: Over a million people have chosen Nexium 24 Hour for frequent heartburn. And now you can save $6 at Nexium24Hour.com. John, Jack, Dave, Miranda, Claire, that guy that serves you coffee, your boss, your boss's boss, Amy, your wife's best friend, your best friend, Michael, Jim, Jill, Alex, Alexandra. Yes, many people are choosing the purple pill. See what you've been missing out on. Get Nexium level protection without a prescription for frequent heartburn. And for a limited time, save $6 at Nexium24Hour.com.
5: May take one to four days. Use is directed to treat frequent heartburn, not for immediate relief. Limit two coupons per household. Truecar.com is changing car buying forever. Yes, every day, Truecar users receive negotiation-free, guaranteed savings. Some features not available in all states. In the first three months of this year, over 126,000 cars were sold by the Truecar Certified Dealer Network. Truecar users save an average of $3,078 off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow three easy steps. First, go to Truecar.com and find out what other people paid for the car you're you're looking for. Then register at truecar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. Third, simple just print out your true car savings certificate and take it to the true car certified dealer for a better hassle-free car buying experience remember every day true car users receive negotiation free guaranteed savings save time save money and never overpay visit truecar.com today that's truecar.com
2: if you've got aches and pain and soreness it could be chronic inflammation listen to dave talk about relief factor four
7: I was in a sawmill accident and suffered with pain and discomfort for 60 years. I heard about Relief Factor 4 and decided to order it. And in four days, I was walking without a limp and without pain. I am thrilled.
2: For more information or to order Relief Factor 4,
1: go online at relieffactor4.com. That's relieffactor4.com. We all know the Internet connects you to everyone. But ever think how the Internet also connects everyone to you? It's a recipe for identity theft. Thieves can get to our personal info with just a few clicks. So isn't it crazy not to have identity theft protection? I know I've got all kinds of sensitive information floating around online. The good news is you can help protect yourself with a free trial from Identity Guard by visiting identityguard.com free. Remember the beginning of summer when you had
7: dreams? I'm going camping
5: every weekend.
1: I'm definitely going to through-hike the Appalachian Trail. Probably
2: two or three times.
0: Just getting my bike tuned up. To cycle across America. While we may have been overambitious, at REI, there's still time to make
6: summer dreams come true. Save up to 30% on the best in outdoor gear and clothing at the REI Labor Day Sale and Clearance. August 22nd through September 1st. Hey. Get out.
0: Down. To participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to rudymaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa.
3: Forty-three minutes after the hour, this is State Fair season in many states around the country, and there's a huge one in Minnesota. Uh, the Minnesota State Fair is called the, uh, what is it called, the, the Great Minnesota Get-Together, and Brianna? Uh, Shutee is the state fair spokesperson, and the fair is going on this very moment. And, and why, after a week of gorgeous weather in Minnesota, was the first day of the, the fair hot and humid, Brianna? How does this happen?
8: I think it happens just to test the internal fortitude of Minnesotans and see how hardy we really are. And I yeah. think that everybody here proves that we are very hardy folks.
3: Yeah, because winter isn't enough to test anybody, Brianna, I tell you. <laughs> that's uh,
8: right, that's right. Well, and we have a big party before winter begins again to sort of cap off the end of summer and get ready to hunker down.
3: Yeah, that starts about the third week of September in Minnesota. Now, Brianna, um, how many? There's a, I, I heard a stat about the number of people who attend this fair each year, and to me it was an astounding number.
8: It is an astounding number. Uh, Daily here at the Minnesota State Fair, we have upwards of 100,000 people. So our per-day attendance rivals uh, that of of Disney World in in Orlando. And and, uh, over the 12 days of the fair, typically in any given year, more than 1.7 million people will walk through our gates.
3: The 2012 population for Minnesota is only 5.3 million. 1.7 million, I don't know what that percentage is, but it's got to be... it's close to a third of the whole number of people in the state. Is that possible? Yeah,
8: and, and that's what we've found is that when we, when we talk to people and, and we you know, do market research, we find that about a third of Minnesotans have some sort of connection or story uh, that, that leads them back to the Minnesota State Fair.
3: One of the favorite sports is what the new food that somebody's prepared uh, or made, made able to be eaten from a stick. What, uh, what were some of the new foods this time around?
8: This time around, twenty-eight new foods that we we added to our menu here at the State <laughs> Fair, and, and <laughs> pretty amazing. Food is the number one reason why people say that they come to the Minnesota State Fair. But all sorts of different options—breakfast, uh, lunch, and dinner this year. Some great new spins on old tradition, just to name a couple of them. Uh, Mancini's do. El Fresco, a restaurant here, is serving beer gelato for the first time. Uh, we uh, have huh. deep-fried lobster on a stick. Mm-hmm. In uh, State Fair tradition, of course, caramel apple ice cream this year, a Jello salad ice cream, and a walleye mac and cheese, which walleye is our state fish.
3: Hmm. I see. Okay. Well, the first one was beer gelato. Did you say?
8: Yes, beer gelato at uh, Mancini's El Fresco, which is an Italian restaurant here on the fairgrounds.
3: Yeah, and uh, Brianna, have you tasted the beer uh, with gelato?
8: I have tasted the beer gelato, and as a matter of fact, Rudy, they actually card you before you can purchase the beer gelato because it is a real craft beer uh, from here in Minnesota, but it's rich and creamy, and it, it has just a hint of that uh, dark craft beer taste, and it, it's quite delicious.
3: I was just going to say, okay, that's your, that, that's your review. Um, yeah. You, okay, you say the first largest attraction is the food. What's the second largest attraction?
8: You know, the second largest attraction is is typically the agriculture and the animals. Uh, We have an increasingly urban fair-going population here at the Minnesota State Fair, and our roots, really, as a fair... Um, and as an American fair, are in agriculture. And what we feel our our duty and our focus is now is as the fairgoing population becomes increasingly urban is to tell the story of modern agriculture. So around the fairgrounds, some of the most popular exhibits uh, are having to do with... Telling that story of how agriculture works and how food gets from the farm to your dinner table with exhibits like our uh, CHS Miracle of Birth Center, which is the birthplace of nearly 200 baby calves, lambs, and piglets during the state fairs run. So they're actually born five there.
3: Brianna, nice timing. You have one minute to explain to our audience what a butter queen is.
8: Oh, a butter queen, yes. One minute. Uh, Princess Kay, of the Milky Way, is the ambassador for Minnesota's dairy industry throughout the year, and every year she and 11 princesses are crowned, and they have their uh, likenesses carved in a 90-pound block of butter in a rotating cooler, and it takes all day, and each one of them gets their, their likeness carved every day of the fair.
3: And many of these butter queens take those blocks of butter that are basically their bust. And they keep them for life in a freezer somewhere, don't they?
8: They do, and some of them have corn feeds in their hometowns. Um, There are a number. Some of them have had them at their weddings. So there are a number of different uh, sort of traditions that come out of that. Those butter princesses and. I'm sorry. What's a corn feed? A corn feed. (laughs) Yeah. Glad you asked. It's a it's a celebration that a lot of small towns and or large families have where they roast corn and. And with butter and salt, they, they enjoy it together.
3: Nobody not a bit be, no better date than having a butter queen with you. Brianna Shuti, thank you so much for joining us from the Minneapolis State, Minnesota. Stay fair. Take care.
0: Rudy Max's world phone lines are open now. So call us at 800 387 8025 We'll be back after these messages. telephone number to call the program is 800 387 8025 that's 1-800-387-8025 or visit the show online at rudymaxa.com here again
3: is Rudy Maxa it's 52 minutes after the hour just a reminder if you'd like to receive my free once a week travel newsletter I write it personally and I have a little fun with it and I hope you do too just send me an email, put subscribe in the subject line and you're in just send it to rudy at rudymaxa.com we talked a little earlier with a gentleman who, uh, is, uh, who lectures often on cruise ships. So does Karen Hanson. She's a professional clarinetist. She's a music educator. And she spends what she calls her so-called vacations on board cruise ships, preventing le- uh, excuse me, presenting lectures to passengers about the music of the ship's ports of call and the music of the sea and seafarers. She's a lifelong traveler. She's been in – listen to this uh, resume. She's been an au pair in France, a bilingual sales clerk in Berlin, a music student in London. And a traveler and writer and photographer in the Nordic countries, South America, continental Europe, Mediterranean, Alaska, and New Zealand. How did you miss Antarctica, Karen Hansen?
9: Well, our cruise to South America didn't quite to get to Antarctica, <laughs> Antarctica yet. Next,
3: not time. a lot of not a lot of native music in Antarctica, probably. But not uh, so
9: much, but plenty of bird calls.
3: <laughs> what I wanted to talk to Karen about was the importance of music and place. And culture, and I learned this uh, when I started doing my public television shows we We often look for a, a local group or two uh, and and film maybe a snippet of them in the show, but then use some of their music as background. How much is music a window uh, on the soul of a particular country or region Karen
9: I think it's one of the most important windows on the soul and spirit of a people in a region because You don't need to learn the foreign language in order to appreciate the music. And if you trace music, it really shows the way people moved and migrated over time. And so music not only reflects the people's cultural experience, but it tells the story of their politics, their history, their economics. You think of the protest music of South America. Under dictators and the music of South Africans under apartheid, those things tell the story of a place. Genres like tango, which are now world famous and practiced and sung all over, was born in the port area slums of Buenos Aires. Mm-hmm. And it has its roots in Cuban music and Argentine music and Uruguayan music. It was initially an embarrassment of upper classes, and now it's become that country's best known export.
3: You're right. Along with uh, Malbec wine, Tango's, Tango is says Argentina. Karen, I that's right. I uh, I wonder if it would be if I would say if you're planning a trip to a different culture from where you live, whose music you're presumably familiar with. I wonder if it would be helpful to listen to some of that music before you go. What do you think? And if so, how does one find that music?
9: Well, I think it is immensely helpful to listen to the music because in finding that music you'll come across sources that talk about the background and how that music came to be and I should preface this by saying that because I'm a professional musician I know how music works Mm -hmm. Um, and when I'm doing my cruise ship lectures I try to let people come inside that experience so for example if a different music genre uses a different scale I help people hear that so they can then appreciate the music they're listening to. And so in the course of doing the research for my lectures, I've come across so many sources that anybody can use to get familiar with the music of wherever they're going. Um, If you want to start with what I consider the gold standard, it would be Oxford and Grove Music Online. And those used to be these huge printed dictionaries. And now it's all online online. It's a subscription service, but if you go to your public library site, many public libraries subscribe to this service, and you can just search on Oxford Music Online and get access to the best gold standard information about music, starting from the original music of early peoples through classical music from that country and on up into the popular music of the culture today. National Geographic has a world music section um, some people aren't fond of Wikipedia for primary research, but I find it a great place to start and then okay. follow links that interest you. Um, two podcasts I recommend. Alt Latino for music can, of all can of you Latin spe- America. Can and you
3: spell that? Oh, all, A-L-L, yep, yep. all Latino?
9: A-L-T dot Latino. Okay, I got it. So it's so for you know, as an alternate Latin music got it, got and it. and AfroPop dot org, and these are they have not only podcasts but also websites. So for Terrific. people going to any Latin American and South American country or Africa, or any of the countries where music is inspired by African music, which is almost everywhere, these are great sources.
3: Wonderful, Karen. I wish we had more time to talk about this. But uh, that, uh, that's a good, good link. I want to so search for Oxford Music Online, according to Karen Hanson, yes. uh, as your first option. National Geographic has wor- a world music section, and we'll go to Wikipedia, the destination you're looking for, and there will often be links to musical acts. And then the other is afropop.org, and then alt.latino, am I right?
9: Yes. And then okay. once you've found some information and names of symphony orchestras or composers or popular music, then... I like to go
3: to one of those streaming sites. Ah, uh, Sure, sure, exactly, and look for those. So we, we're, Karen, we're running out of time, but I, I do appreciate uh, this. I couldn't agree more with you. I, I, I think music and place are, are well-matched. Thank you for joining me today. You're welcome. We'll, we're going to take a little break for about six minutes. Stay with me. We've got another hour for most of our stations. If your station's leaving with us, see you next weekend. Otherwise, stick around.